Welcome to the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, where we bring you a compilation of the craziest news stories currently happening all around the world. In this episode, we have a deadly tourist attack that happened in Germany, a disturbing development from a 1987 murder in Texas, a morgue manager from Harvard who's selling body parts on the black market, a missing woman from Ohio, and then shocking development in the case of a girl orchestrated her own mother's murder. Here are the strange and scary mysteries of the month for July 2023. Number 5. German Tor Turns Deadly Americans Eva Liu and Kelsey Chang decided that the best way to reward themselves after graduating from the University of Illinois was to embark on a sightseeing trip through Europe. Lu finished with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science, while Chang got her BS in Computer Engineering. Their first stop on their trip was Germany. 21-year-old Lu from Naperville, Illinois, and 22-year-old Chang were good friends. They were excited to venture across the pond for the first time without family. Being students, they had been staying at a budget hotel near the center of Munich. The venue couldn't have been better because just 50 miles away from their accommodation was the new Schwanstein Castle. This castle is thought to be one of the many must-see places when visiting Germany. It's a famous medieval fortification located in Bavaria and is thought to be the inspiration for the castle in Disney's Cinderella. Another American tourist who was staying at their hotel was going out to the castle on the same day they all ended up riding out there together. They weren't acquainted with 30-year-old Troy Bowling from Michigan. Just as it is when you're out sightseeing, sometimes you end up on the same public or private mode of transportation, which is what happened here. Once at the castle, they all began hiking around and trying to find cool vantage points for photos. That's when the man told them to follow him down a trail in order to get a solid angle. At that time, without warning, he then attacked Eva. And trying to assault her, her friend ran to help. He then shoved Eva off of a cliff before wrapping his hands around Kelsey's throat before pushing her as well. Reports said that the girls fell halfway down a 165-foot ravine. Videos taken by tourists show a gnarly scene wherein the two female tourists landed next to each other. Footage also revealed German rescuers hurrying to save the women. Lu and Chang were then quickly flown to a nearby hospital, and unfortunately Lu was pronounced dead on arrival. Chang likely would have perished as well had it not been for a fallen tree which appeared to have slowed her fall. Bavarian police later confirmed that Chang had miraculously only suffered light injuries from that massive fall. Meanwhile, the assailant was immediately arrested and can be seen in another video being led away in handcuffs, scratches across his face and neck from where the girls fought back. And Troy is still awaiting his trial, but could be put behind bars for the rest of his life. Chang is healed from the physical injuries, but the nightmare of being pushed over a cliff and losing her friend on their dream vacation will be a scar that she'll carry forever. Number 4. 
Killer Sign Victim's Funeral Guest Book. Not even in a God-fearing town like Stephenville, Texas, are people spared from the horrors of murder. On July 28, 1987, Joe Atkins went to check on his daughter, Susan Woods, at her home when she didn't report to work. What he found there was very unexpected and terrifying. Susan lying lifeless in a very compromising state. According to the medical examiner, she had been brutally assaulted and then killed. Circling the 30-year-old's throat were bloodied strain marks, suggesting that she had been strangled with an electrical cord which was found laying across the bed. And an object of interest was a mascara-stained pillow as police could see the clear outlines of Susan's face, though it appears that had been pressed over her nose and mouth at some point, likely before the strangulation with the cord. A further sweep of the crime scene enabled investigators to recover two sets of fingerprints and palm prints. However, considering the year of which the investigation took place, the prints were of limited use. DNA analysis was still in development, and worse, national fingerprint databases were not even yet available for access in Texas. In a weird way, police had enough pieces of evidence to propel the investigation forward, but Still, they had their hands tied without access. As such, Susan's murder case would then go unsolved for nearly two decades. Meanwhile, investigators had a suspicion that the culprit could be none other than the victim's own husband, Michael. Mr. Woods, a long-haired biker, had never really gotten along well with the other community members of Stephenville. Mrs. Woods, on the other hand, was a well-loved local and their polar opposite personalities and lifestyle would go on to become the crux of their disagreements and eventual split. Michael subsequently left Stephenville while their divorce was ongoing. When news of Susan's tragic death broke out, the people, even the authorities, had all their suspicions vented towards the wayward ex-husband. However, the police could not, beyond a reasonable doubt, link him to the crime. Woods, on his part, of course, insisted he had nothing to do with the ex-wife's death. Still, though, he remained the public suspect number one. But things all changed in 2006 when a detective decided to reopen the case and made use of the FBI's newly developed electronic fingerprint database. At that point, they were able to get a match and, much to their surprise, a new suspect. The person in question was a man named Joseph Hatley, who was no stranger to Woods. According to reports, he was the cousin of the victim's best friend. It's horrifying to note that this new suspect even went to Susan's funeral and signed the guest book. The audacity and boldness of this act is indicative of Hatley's propensity to commit such heinous crimes. Because just a year after Susan's murder, the Stephenville native was arrested for assaulting a 16-year-old girl. The details of his crime were so brutal they convinced investigators that this wasn't the first time Hatley had done such a vile act. He was eventually convicted for aggravated assault with a minor and while incarcerated and faced with the new evidence about Susan, in 2007 he confessed to the murder and for that was sentenced to 30 more years in jail. But 
after only serving 11 years for the woman's murder, Hatley was released from prison in 2018. Family and friends of the victims were disgusted, but perhaps karma caught up with them. In 2021, at the age of 56, the man died alone in his RV from cancer. Number 3. Morgue Manager Caught Selling Body Parts Even in death, there remains a profound sanctity over a person's physical body, which is why it's a crime to violate the remains of a dead person, and it's certainly beyond creepy to take them apart and sell them. It's unclear exactly when this all started, but according to reports, there was a despicable operation happening at the most prestigious school in America between 2018 through early 2023, and the head of this evil enterprise was a man named Cedric Lodge. Lodge served as the manager of the Anatomical Gifts Program at Harvard Med School, which is an organization that oversees the receipt and utilization of donated bodies used for medical research. As it is often the case, Harvard Med students would use these bodies to study and practice medical procedures. When they are finished using the cadaver, these will then be cremated and the remains returned to their respective families. If unclaimed, they will be buried in the university's medical cemetery. Allegedly, Lodge took advantage of his position as a custodian in order to make ridiculous amounts of money from what is considered to be sacred. Together with his wife, they would covertly steal the body parts in the dead of night and included heads, brains, bones, and even skin. They would bring them back to his home in New Hampshire. The couple would then advertise their goods to potential buyers online. If a deal got made, they would then send the items right through the mail. Their deliveries reached all throughout the Northeast, as well as other parts of the country on occasion. The prices of their illegal merchandise varied between 500 to 1,000 bucks. One of their loyal customers was the owner of a novelty shop located in Salem, Massachusetts. It specializes in selling creepy creations such as gothic dolls, blood-soaked apparels, and leathers made from human skin. It's not clear if the cadaver parts this person bought from the lodges were used in her products. However, investigators said they found human remains stored at the shop. Another repeat customer of the duo was a man who had already conducted around 40 transactions with the sellers. Located in Kentucky, most of his orders were skulls and brains, the FBI recently raided his home. It wasn't exactly specified how their arrest came to be, but according to the head of the Faculty of Medicine at Harvard, Lodge's employment was already terminated in May of 2023 following the discovery of his crime. And the Lodges, together with some of their customers, were arrested and made to stand trial. However, it was only the couple who were directly indicted with the peddling of the stolen human cadavers. Now, if convicted, each of the accused could face up to 15 years in prison for the crime that the United States Attorney described as something that defies understanding. Number 2. Missing Ohio Woman In the vast wilderness of northern Nevada, a chilling discovery was made in 1978. 
Deep in a remote area, a garment bag was found revealing the heavily decayed remains of what was thought to be a woman. This cold case would remain unsolved for over four decades, leaving the victim nameless just until recently. This mysterious case revolves around a woman named Florence Charleston, who in her late 60s decided to move from her home in Cleveland, Ohio, out to Portland, Oregon. The question as to how she later ended up dead and buried 535 miles away from her new home has been a mystery for years. However, recent developments in DNA testing and research may have finally brought hope to solving this puzzling crime. To better understand the case, it all began in the early 1970s when she said goodbye to her family to move together with a new boyfriend to the great Pacific Northwest. Time passed and eventually her family stopped hearing from her. And then in October of 1978, those human remains were found in the small town of Imlay, Nevada, stuffed inside a garment bag and buried in a shallow grave. An odd times he revealed that the decomposed body likely belonged to a middle-aged woman, but the cause of death was unknown at the time. With no leads to follow, the investigation went cold, even the victim's identity unknown for years. Nonetheless, the effort to identify the body was there. Police reportedly used various investigative techniques available at the time. They did digital facial reconstruction and a dental records examination, but nothing ever came of it. But then, in a stunning turn of events in March of 2023, the Nevada State Police joined forces with Othram Incorporated, a renowned forensic genealogy lab. Using the available evidence, the company meticulously analyzed and developed a comprehensive DNA profile for the unidentified victim. All their efforts paid off with a breakthrough that led detectives to two of Charleston's nieces who are currently living in Ohio. One of these relatives, Diane Liggett, was the first to be informed. Knowing it had been more than 40 years since they had even heard from their aunt, the news wasn't a shock that she was gone, but shocking that she had been killed and dumped in Nevada. So now, with renewed insights and interest, the investigation into Florence Charleston's death continues. Her family now seeks justice and closure into this decades-long mystery. With the power of modern science, the thing they had long hoped for, to uncover the truth behind their aunt's tragic fate, is now within reach. Number 1. Suitcase Killer Finally Convicted In the blissful and paradise-like setting of a luxury resort in Bali, an unthinkable crime took place. Heather Mack, the woman now known as the suitcase killer, killed her own mother. The year was 2014. Heather and her boyfriend, Tommy Schaefer, embarked on a family vacation together with her mother, Sheila Von Weismack. Mrs. Mack, the widow of acclaimed composer James L. Mack, thought that going on a vacation to this beautiful exotic island would help mend her already strained relationship with Heather. At their hotel, the St. Regis Resort, 18-year-old then revealed to her mom that she was pregnant with Schaefer's child and wanted to keep it. The 62-year-old mother understandably got upset at the thought of her child ruining her future, 
She then lashed out on the teenager. The young father-to-be supposedly rushed to defend his baby mama, and that's when things turned ugly. Schaefer reportedly grabbed a metal fruit bowl and used it to bludgeon the older woman to death. As stated in the affidavit, Heather used a towel to cover her mom's mouth to silence her. In their desperate attempt to conceal their heinous act, the couple made the decision to stuff the victim's lifeless body into a suitcase and leave it behind in a taxi before fleeing the scene of the crime. Hours later, a blood-stained trail leaking from his trunk caught the attention of the driver, who immediately alerted the authorities. Both Heather and Tommy were eventually arrested and made to stand trial in an Indonesian court in 2015. Schaefer confessed right away to the murder, saying he got angry at the woman who threatened to hurt his unborn baby. During sentencing, he received an 18-year prison term, which he would serve in Indonesia. Meanwhile, despite her pregnancy, Heather was given a 10-year prison sentence for her direct involvement in the murder. She gave birth to her daughter, Stella, while incarcerated. The child lived with her until the age of two before it was entrusted to the care of somebody else. Fast forward now to 2021. After serving seven years in an Indonesian prison, Ms. Mack was granted early release because of good behavior. She immediately flew back to the U.S., where she was arrested by the FBI upon her arrival at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. She and Tommy faced federal charges in the U.S. federal court. The indictment accused them of conspiring to kill the widow. After a grueling trial recently, Mack reportedly pleaded guilty on federal conspiracy charges, and she now awaits sentencing. So there were the strange and scary mysteries of the month for July 2023. Thank you so much for tuning in, and if you enjoyed this and want more content from us, go check out our other podcast called Everytown, where we do deeper dives into the most insane true crime and weird stories that are out there. Be safe. Have a lovely day. I'll see you guys in the next one.